Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to Tuesday's COB here on Ausbiz. I'm Cara Aldway. I'm David Scott and it's great to be here with you, Cara. How was yeah, your day? it is. Oh, look, another pretty soggy day on the market, wasn't it? A bit of a, a crappy lead in from the US and it just continued into our local session. The financials looking pretty dire. A bit of green in the material space, but, but elsewhere a lot of red across the board. Yeah, I think that before the start of trade, a lot of people were probably looking at that big bounce we saw Particularly the Nasdaq overnight, of course, down close to three percent at one stage, and then motored home to finish flat. But uh, even though we saw some of those beaten up growth parts of the market go and rebound, I would not say today's price action was overly convincing in any aspect, uh, particularly in those cyclical areas of the market. And as you said, uh, uh, it comes to you know, really surprising because you now when we're talking about interest rates at the moment as well, everyone's talking about rate hikes and the like. Generally, that kind of benefits that part of the market. Yeah, exactly. It feels like uh, traders aren't convinced, though, are they? There's a lot of uncertainty out there at the moment, particularly when it comes to the Omicron variant here, particularly in Australia and um, globally as well. So maybe it's just a bit of worries that they just can't get rid of at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, Omicron is definitely one of those factors that's out at the moment. But we also, for the first time in a long time, applying a a cost of money to things because even though real rates are still deeply negative, they have started to go and come off the lows. And I reckon that's starting to go and find uh, which of those more vulnerable parts of uh, the market and uh, more speculative areas of the market are a little bit more vulnerable at the moment. It was really interesting to go and watch last night. Just intraday, I had uh, the real yields up on a tick chart now. It made my eyes go a bit fuzzy watching the other uh, gyrations back and forth. But it was clear from what was going on was that each time that we saw that uh, real yields went and ticked higher, it went and placed pressure on those growth areas of the market. Then all of a sudden, towards the back end of the, uh, the trade, uh, the last hour or so, they really started to go and unwind a lot of those gains. And tech just took off. So there you go. I think uh, I noticed Chris Westmore of Pepperstone is also paying pretty close attention to what's going on in that space as well. So yeah, one to keep an eye on because it's probably uh, going to give you a big sense as to where we'll go directionally moving forward. Yeah, and talking of levels, we had John Noonan from Thomson Reuters on the trade. He went into detail on key levels when it comes to those US 10-year Treasury yields. So definitely have a look at that one. Absolutely. Uh, well, today, retail sales. Uh, we're going to talk about the macro side of the equation as well. Uh, up over 7% in the month. Record highs, driven by Melbourne this time, primarily, of course, Victoria as an entirety, but uh, no, following on from what we saw in New South Wales a month earlier when Sydney, of course, came out of lockdown. Uh, how much shopping can we do? Well, yeah, um, will it continue, I guess, is the question, given that it seems to be kind of a, 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 a an own forced lockdown here, particularly in Sydney. Is it going to continue? Are people still going to shop heading into 2022? Well, my view today suggests otherwise. I think that uh, 
That'll brief period before they head up to Christmas. That probably explains why we've got so many Omicron cases around at the moment. But I got the real sense that you know, that was the moment where a lot of Sydney siders just said, you know, bugger it, we're going to go and have some fun and go and experience and you know, have a few laughs and catch up with people, not be locked down. And that's a really different kind of view to what we've seen uh, for a large part of the last two years. So I just wonder, once this Omicron wave ends, uh, we'll probably go and revert back to wanting to go and spend on experiences rather than things. And to be honest, we've spent so much at the shops. We've brought so much demand forward. But interesting to see how that takes place. A lot of the focus, of course, that retails at the moment is just being able to go and find staff because they can't go and stock their shelves. Well, talking of spending money, we've had a lot of stock picks on today. And David Lane from Orbanet joined us. He talked about the battle between growth and value. And he said, most people ignore the most important quality, which is in fact quality. So he ran through some of his favorites in at the ETF space to add to your portfolio. Yeah, in an environment like this where we do have a cost of uh, capital increasing, quality names generally about to go and raise capital at much lower levels than, uh, than speculative parts of the market. So quality balance sheet, definitely one to go and look out for in tricky markets. I tell you, I had a great chat today uh, with uh, Hugh Dye from Atlas Funds. Uh, no, talking about the digging into the dogs of the Dow and applying the theory that's been around for quite a while to the ASX, uh, no, what's been happening. So basically, the 10 worst performing stocks in the previous year, screen them, make sure they can actually, one of them has got to be paying a dividend, and then pick a couple of names that are likely to go and benefit in the next year, the snapback. And so he went and gave a couple of uh, a couple of examples of the companies he's favouring at the moment. Also, a couple of the other stocks that he's not willing to go and best the uh, bet the theory on at this time. So well worth a listen. Yeah, there you go. I also had a chat with Stephen Everett from Thesian Capital this afternoon, and he talked about the top five when it comes to the Nasdaq, those rising bond yields. So that same thematic, just his favourite sectors, particularly offshore, going into the end of 2022. Let's go and finish off with the look at the market internals today. Now, as I mentioned uh, at the top, those growth parts of the market did broadly manage to go and recover some of the ground that's been lost over the past couple of months. Polynovo uh, released a trading update uh, talking about record sales in the US market, a bit patchy elsewhere. Uh, up a cool 24% for the session. Uh, I asked Omkar Joshi from Opal Capital what he thought was behind that, and he suggests that maybe a bit of positioning, given that have been one of those stocks that have been really pulverized over the course of the session. Uh, looking at the other laggards, uh, ARB downgrade with Credit Suisse really weighing on that stock. And uh, ING, Ingham's. Yeah. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, but not today, Cara. It, uh, yeah, it uh, was talking about an inability to go and find adequate staff at the moment. Uh, lots of people in isolation, either because of being in close contact or actually having the Omicron variant at the moment. It just seems to be a persistent theme we're going to hear over and over again for the foreseeable future. And it was the stock of the day, Scotty, wasn't it? It was uh, Scott Phillips from The Motley Fallen, Howard Coleman from Team Invest. They ha- gave their view on the stock. Take a listen. Well, we can enjoy their products, but it doesn't mean we have to own their shares. So it's not a company that any of our Team Invest members would give more than a glance to. They'd see that debt-to-equity figure, the debt-to-market cap figure, and they would shudder and say, too much risk. Um, we'd rather be invested somewhere else. After all, you really only want about 20 companies, maybe 25, in your portfolio. You can afford to be fussy. It's not one of the better businesses on the ASX in my mind, simply because he doesn't have the growth potential, it doesn't have the economies of scale or the returns on capital or investment or equity that you would want necessarily to make it one of the top echelon businesses. So look, if you wanted a, a, a 
business like this in your portfolio, you wanted some more stability, you wanted a bit of cash flow that wasn't related to just a bank or something else, I can imagine people jumping for it. And like all companies, you should look forward rather than backwards and say, what does the future look like? Nowhere near enough certainty, nowhere near enough growth for me to take that risk, so I wouldn't buy it either. So there we have it. Not on the menu for Scott Phillips, uh, and certainly not going to the portfolio. Interesting as well, Howard Coleman from Team Invest, saying that you can enjoy the company's products without owning the shares. Maybe a bit of a you know, subtle plug there to our KFC, of course, a big <laughs> supplier to uh, the bird, the dirty bird. I think at, uh, at some point, a lot of us have, uh, have gone down that route. So yeah, maybe Howard is uh, a secret fan there of uh, the 11 herbs and spices. Well, let's talk about tomorrow, shall we? Because I've got Carl Kablinga on the trade. He always brings with him a lot of great charts. Uh, who else are you speaking to tomorrow? I can see a big uh, data docket. We've got Claude Walker from A Rich Life on in the 4 p.m. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, interesting people to come in on the program uh, as well. No, Angus Geddes from Fat Profits. I really always enjoy uh, seeing what he has to go and say. You know, being pretty much on the, uh, the front foot when it comes to that rotation into the cyclical areas of the market. Also speaking with Nick Catalano from Catalano Seafoods. A few people probably recognize that name. Uh, an IPO, uh, which is just taking place. Also, uh, SPC chairman uh, Hussain Rifai will join us on the program. No doubt talking about those logistical challenges in trying to go and keep an operation going when it comes to manufacturing, given the Omicron variant. So looking forward to going and seeing what it's like on the ground at this stage. Well, volatility for the rest of the week, what, what are we thinking? It's, it's been a bit subdued, hasn't it? But everyone I talk to says that volatility is now here to stay. A lot of those put options look pretty expensive. A lot of people pretty happy that they bought a few prior to the holiday periods. Yeah, and they're giving it away, weren't they? Uh, any vol, yeah, you can go and take it, and then all of a sudden it's uh, now really expensive. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of a pullback when it comes to volatility, uh, and maybe a restabilization on some of those growth areas of the market. Uh, we know that there's gonna be you know, a lot of heat in the inflation report in the States, uh, so it'd have to take something extremely hot to probably go and get a market reaction. Uh, Jerome Powell's also up as well. Uh, undoubtedly, he's going to go and talk back and push back against market pricing, particularly when it comes to March. That seems to be going down that path. Uh, I get the suspicion that they really wanted to go and start normalising policy quite quickly. And uh, they're trying to go and weave their way out of the position that they created themselves by trying to go and hold on to doing QE for far too long. So now finish, finish QE, then start rate hikes, and then QT potentially down the line in the middle of the year. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to go and say that confirmation here and tonight. We'll also get to Chinese CPI data out tomorrow, probably chalk and cheese in contrast to what we'll see in the States. Very, very weak. And the key difference, of course, there's been no fiscal stimulus really splurge uh, given to the other Chinese consumer, which may explain a few things as to what we're seeing both domestically here in Australia. Yeah, there you go. I'm also keeping my eye on the Australian dollar, of course. Everyone's saying that now they're now buying safe haven currencies. So that might not bode well for the local units just sitting around that 72 handle at the moment the forecasts that i have seen for 2022 are pretty pretty boring i must say just sitting around that 73 handle as, as a top side but potentially more weakness ahead if we do see some movements from the fed that the markets aren't expecting yeah also china's approach when it comes to dealing with uh, COVID, it's still zero tolerance and uh, at some point it's gonna have to go and change but I look at some of the headlines that are out today about cancelling flights from the States and Hong Kong is you know, cancelling flights from 150 destinations and uh, that does not bode well when it comes to that particular economy over the course of the year. Certainly not choosing to live with the, uh, the virus for the time being. Got some, uh, some late breaking news as well. I can go and please say that uh, Graham Turner, the uh, Flight Centre Chief Executive, will be joining us on the program tomorrow. It's something that's close to my heart. I studied tourism way, way, way back in the day. 
And I reckon that a few of those uh, tourism operators are really hurting from what we're seeing at the moment, of course, the news out yesterday with Virgin cutting 25% of their flights over the next month or so. Certainly not a good sign when it comes to uh, domestic tourism demand, let alone what's going on internationally. Well, it sounds like a pretty grim ending, Scotty. Should we sh- maybe should just wrap it up there. Grim, grim ending, maybe we just go to the bar. We'll not, probably, probably get uh, no COVID, but no, hopefully, hopefully not. But we'll, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, doing it all again tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great evening. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.